0: Welcome to Fides Podcast. My name is Jerry Serino. I am your host. Thanks for joining me today. Fides is Latin for truth, and that's our complete focus is the truth on this podcast. Uh, The music you're listening to is my friend Frank Camp. Uh, This song is called Heaven Can Wait. You can find it on Spotify. It's great stuff with lots of great music. Uh, But let's get into this episode of Fides Podcast. Thanks for listening, and let's get to it. Okay, and welcome to a very special edition of Feed Ace Podcast. My name is Jerry Serino, and the reason that this is a special episode that I'm releasing is because we have a special election uh, going on very soon in the next few days uh, in Georgia um, for two runoff Senate seats that, quite frankly, um, the balance of the United States and the balance of Georgia and very specifically and directly, the balance of life um, is at stake in these elections and is very important. So I'm very honored to have uh, Joshua Edmonds on with me today, the executive director for Georgia Life Alliance. Uh, Joshua, thanks for being here.
1: Hey, Jerry, thank you so much for having us on. Thank you for everything that you're doing uh, for the cause of life around the country. We, we love your podcast, and we're really excited to be a part of the show today.
0: Oh, great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, so so let's, you know, kind of dig into it. You know, I'll let you give a few minutes about, um, you know, what you guys are doing. I know you had said uh, in some emails we were exchanging, you guys are obviously very active and very busy. Um, tell me what you guys are doing and, um, you know, how anyone out there listening can can help in these next few days.
1: Yeah, I mean, really, it's crunch time right now here in Georgia. We've seen you know, folks from around the country flooding into the state to, to try to, to come bring as much support as possible. We've been active since about January of last year. Um, we started doing communications around the state Uh, about the importance of the life issue at the federal level for Senators Perdue and Leffler and President Trump back in January. We actually spent about three million dollars on radio, on TV, on direct mail, on social media, digital media, all around the state um, for several months back at the beginning of 2020 um, so that we could try to sort of prime all of our voters to understand the, the critical importance of this issue when it came to the Senate election. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, m- many people didn't under, didn't quite see the significance of what could be at stake um, with having two U S Senate seats on the line in November, uh, which is out of the ordinary because um, we had a, a retiring Senator um, who, who left office early, whose seat was filled um, as a vacancy by Senator Leffler. Um, our pro-life governor Kemp uh, appointed her to fill that seat at the beginning of 2020. And so it was Senator Purdue's normal election cycle. So we ended up having a normal election cycle plus a special election in, in, in November. And we sort of foresaw that, that we could be in this sort of scenario. So we, we spent about $3 million engaging voters in every corner of the state talking about how critically important it was to have both of our Senate seats retained by pro-life uh, senators that the Supreme Court was up for grabs. We, we believed that there would be a Supreme Court appointment before the November election. We talked about that. We knew that the record number of federal uh, judges being appointed by President Trump, confirmed by the Senate, um, that was all on the line. If we didn't retain these seats, um, that the future of our pro-life community here in Georgia could be negatively impacted if we didn't put everything on the line for these two seats. Uh, so we, we, we got to work very, very early in 2020, uh, speaking out for both Senator Perdue and Loeffler. We spent more than any other group in Georgia to protect our, our legislative majority here at the state capitol here in Atlanta. Uh, back in in uh, June and November. And now we're uh, we're sort of helping coordinate a lot of the resources coming into the state. We've got, you know, Susan B. Anthony List and Students for Life and National Right to Life and uh, NRSC and and all these different groups who sort of uh, Catholic vote have all filtered into Georgia to try to help in their own way. And it's really cool actually to see the way that each of these groups specializes, um, you know, whether it's uh, folks who are doing Get Out the Vote or they're, they're door knocking, they're bringing in students like Students for Life has got just, uh, you know, Crowds of students coming and knocking on doors, making phone calls, SBA lists, putting out mailers or on TV ads and billboards here. Catholic Vote hosted a rally a couple of weeks ago with a lot of our partners over in front of them. Planned Parenthood in Marietta with um, Dr. Avita King, who you had on recently, and and Abby Johnson, a good friend of ours. And mm-hmm. and so there's everyone sort of got their specialty, and we've sort of put everyone together into one body. It's like, all right, hands and feet and, and heads and necklets let's get to work. And so we're seeing a lot of, a lot of concerted effort from the pro-left community around the nation pouring into Georgia to help sort of finish off what we started last January. And it's really exciting to see um, all of the poll numbers we've seen so far are really encouraging. Um, you know, Georgia's elections law uh, rules are a little bit finicky in, in, in terms of how we determine winners. So in, in our state, if you've got three people on the ballot, you can't win the election unless you've won 50 percent plus one vote. And that's the reason um, both senators, Purdue and Leffler, have gone to a runoff, even though both of them uh, or well, Senator Purdue obtained more votes than his, his pro-abortion opponent, John Ossoff. And if you combined all of the pro life conservative votes in the uh, special election that Senator Leffler was in, she would have obtained enough votes to win without a runoff. But because of the rules, we have to go to a runoff now. So we haven't seen a substantive change. And in our polling numbers around the state in particular areas of concern like North Metro Atlanta and down in south coastal Georgia from November. So we still believe that that we're gonna be in a really good position to to win both these seats, but we've we've got to stay disciplined, gotta stay uh, determined and, and finish the drill, as they say in, in the sports world. We've got to we gotta finish off and get across the, out, across that goal line. It's not over till the buzzer goes off.
0: Yeah, for sure. And especially nowadays with uh with there's a lot of concerns about the integrity of elections and, and fairness and and legality of, of, you know, following the law um, in in regards to all these things or changing the laws at the last minute, it's, it's, uh, it's going to be a fight. And I think that that's uh in a lot of ways, you know, maybe takes me into sort of an area that I would like you to comment on as far as uh, the impact on future elections, should the two Democrats win, you know, they have a, the Democrats have, have talked about, they've said the things that they want to do. They want to, you know, stack the Supreme Court, maybe add seats. Um, And of course, if they have the House and the Senate and the presidency, um, you know, we, we know what types of judges they're going to put in. They want to get rid of the filibuster, which will make it easy to pass just about anything. And they are looking at making D.C. and Puerto Rico states, which would bring four new senators yeah, And, you know, it's almost certain that they would all be for um, Democrat and especially with what's gone on with this election, the national election. There's concerns about the ability um, to really have proper elections anyways. Uh, you maybe talk about, you know, that real quickly, the, the ramifications yeah. in every area um, should the Democrats win this election.
1: Yeah, I mean it's, it's truly frightening to think about what's at stake here. And we've been sort of in that mindset here in Georgia since, um, since the beginning of 2020 into 2019, because we passed, uh, uh, what we believe would be the most pro-life law in the in the nation, a heartbeat bill back in 2019, was signed by our, our pro-life governor Brian Kemp, and and that law, you know, is making its way through the federal uh, the federal courts, um, and we're in the Eleventh Circuit Court of Appeals right now, and we believe we'll end up in front of the Supreme Court. So we've sort of been looking at the the you know, the consequences of our elections moving forward, how that would impact not just you know the pro-life movement as a whole, but our our ability to pass pro-life laws in our state. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when when you, when you look at what the what advances we've seen in the pro community under under the uh, the administration of President Trump, uh, and you think that I mean, just out of the gate, day one, uh, you know, President Biden and a pro-abortion Senate could undo every advancement we've seen. I mean, in the Mexico City policy back, mm-hmm. you know, we we could see the Hyde Amendment gone. Uh, we could see taxpayer taxpayer-funded abortion in in all instances up until the moment of birth. I um, certainly would not see a Born Alive Infant Protection Act move through Congress, um, like you mentioned. Stacking the Supreme Court, um, we right now have a, a five-four pro-life majority. Um, if you if you factor Chief Justice Roberts as a sw- as you know a, a swing voter, um, we've got a five-four majority on pro-life issues, which would you know that would move the scales on on things like uh, you know our heartbeat bill on things like um, uh, you know the. Prenatal Non-Discrimination Act that that Indiana just uh, sent up the Supreme Court last year that was moved on, um, that they stacked the courts out of the gate and put you know two more justices. That's a that's a that's a generation of pro-abortion laws and pro-life laws being struck down. Um, I mean, every single budget will fund Planned Parenthood. Every single, you know, every single piece of uh, you know family planning policy that the Democrats have had on the table for the past four years, and even a little bit of time before that, with you know some some margin of, of firewall in the Senate, all of those things are back up. The, the AOCs and Bernie uh, Bernie Sanders of Washington are going to usher these things through while they have it because we'll have more elections in 2022. Mm-hmm. You know, Senator Leffler's seat uh, right now, this the runoff election is. Actually Actually, just determining who fills the remainder of former Senator Isaacson's seat—that seat's back up for reelection in 2022. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, even the Democrats recognize that that seat—if they—if they win that seat—if if pro-abortion, you know, Raphael Warnock wins Senator Leffler's seat. Uh, it's only for two years. They have to go back up for re-election in 2022. So they know that they've got a very short timeline. It'll be a tidal wave of pro-abortion policy and pro-abortion reversals in Washington. Um, I mean, the ability for states to pass pro-life laws, the knowledge that our taxpayer funding is going uh, to abortion, knowing that our, our health insurance premiums are funding abortion. They could strike out uh, health care sharing ministries from the exemptions of the Affordable Care Act, leaving us no legal options to to have health care without funding abortion. It could be an, it's a, it's a nightmare scenario. Um, And Mm -hmm. many states are looking at redistricting in 2021. If they stack the Supreme court um, and start moving in pro abortion justices in the federal court system moving forward before we can get redistricting done, we're talking about preventing States from, uh, you know, protecting their pro-life majorities like in Georgia um, you know, for a generation to come for 10 years until the next census. It's, it's a nightmare scenario. Everything really is, on the line. And, and, you know, we, I feel like we hear this every election cycle, though this is the most important election of our lifetime, but this mm-hmm. honestly really truly is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I totally, I, I completely agree. It's uh, it's, it's, it's very big. And that's why I had uh, worked hard to get, to get you on and, and really want to, um, you know, you know, push this issue and inform voters. And obviously everyone knows that the getting out to vote is extremely important. Um, I want to, I want to bring up one more thing. And it was um, specifically uh, since you mentioned Alveda King and I've had her on and she's such an awesome person. Um, there's actually an article that was just written in which I wasn't aware that Raphael Warnock was actually, is actually a, um, a minister at the Ebenezer Baptist church where Martin Luther King right. Was you, you know was in, involved in you know back when he was he was there and um Rafael is kind of taking uh, uh so called the the Dr King reigns and and sort of thing and Alveda King who is his niece Dr King's niece said uh uh-uh, not quite that, that <laughs> that's not happening right
1: right i mean you know there's there's this you know, we, we've seen the impact of abortion in the black community here in Georgia disproportionately for, for the past decade. You know, uh, in Georgia, abortion uh, in the black community is, you know, about 36 percent of all of our abortion or 36 percent of our, our um, population, but over 60 percent of all the abortions. Um, so you're seeing this disproportionate, dramatic impact of abortion in the black community here in Georgia and elsewhere. Uh, and then, you know, someone who who has usurp the spiritual mantle of Ebenezer Baptist Church promoting abortion, saying the Bible affirms abortion mm-hmm. saying, you know, abortion on demand is, is compassionate, uh, that it's in, in accordance with the gospel. It's, it's blasphemy. Mm-hmm. And he is, he's leading his sheep to the slaughter and and it, it, it has to be stopped. It has to be defended, um, that he, you know, he's, he's bastardizing the gospel, uh, in an effort to push a political agenda forward, uh, that would eliminate, His own community that is, that is leading the faith community to the slaughter. And we're, we're really thankful to have voices like Dr. Ravita King here in Georgia uh, speaking out against that to defend the legacy of the King family mm-hmm. uh, as Raphael Warnock, who was, you know, pro-abortion. He has, uh, you know, there's body cam footage that just came out this past week of uh, the 911 call for when he was, you know, he allegedly ran over his wife's foot during a domestic dispute. Um, the records about his arrest at a, at a church camp where he, uh, you know, he obstructed the investigation of child abuse at their camp um, has recently come to light. And we've heard from the victims of those cases, that this is, this is the man who does not represent the gospel. You mm-hmm. represent radical, crooked, the egotistical, uh, narcissistic political agenda. And he is trying to, to clothe it in sheep's wool and say that it is the, the mantle of, of the King family. And it's in, in no way, shape or form pro-life or pro-civil rights um, or pro African American. And he's, he's parading as though it as such. And it's, it's, it's scary to think the influence he's having on innocent people who, who trust his title and trust his mantle mm-hmm. and are being led to, uh, you know, led to darkness by it. But Dr. King has done an amazing job here in Georgia to speak out against what um, what Raphael Warnock is saying and doing and, and defending her family's legacy and defending the legacy of Ebenezer Baptist church um, that, that, you know, understanding that her uncle would not have stood for the sorts of things that Raphael Warnock is, is trying to champion. Um, And, and we're, we're just hoping to support her and her family and and continue to, to press the issue that um, that abortion is, is an issue of of institutional systematic racism. And we have to defend that um, not only in our elections and in our state capitals, but also in our pulpits. And Raphael Warnock stands for everything the pro-life community and the the, the the religious African-American community stands against. And he's, he's, he's a, a wolf in sheep's clothing.
0: Yeah. It could, couldn't have said it better myself. That was really great. I, um, I, I really think that actually we're seeing a little bit of a turn in the black community away from the Democrat party as I think that not only are they destructive as a party, whether the politician is black or white, they seek that the, their policies uh, bring about the destruction of the black family, the black sure. children in the womb, the black communities economically, um, you know, obviously there's, there's a lot of concern and I, and I, I know a lot of African-Americans are turning away and I, yeah, I wanted to bring that up because I just cannot stand when someone um, claiming righteousness is really an awful person. And, and then we of course have the media that uh, if if those charges with his wife and the 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 summer camp were against a Republican, you know, we'd be on the news twenty four seven. We wouldn't hear about it. We wouldn't stop hearing about it. It's a Democrat. We don't hear a word. Exactly. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um,
1: yeah, and for 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 folks in Georgia, for voters in Georgia, if they want to look to an example of. Of a, of a black pastor who is standing for the sanctity of life and defending what their community cherishes and, and, and defending them against systematic racism. They can look no further than a great guy named Mack Jackson, um, who is a member of our state house. He is a Democrat, but he is a, a an African-American pastor from middle Georgia who voted yes on our heartbeat bill last year, um, who, who won reelection uh, this year, despite Stacey Abrams. Uh, and her, uh, her election fraud uh, machine trying to run him out of office this year because he doesn't embody the pro-abortion industry like she does. Um, but Mac Jackson is, is a pro-life champ who is a, a man of faith, a man of character and courage, um, and he's someone we should look up to. He, he is the antithesis to who Raphael Warnock is, and the dichotomy is clear between uh, these two and it, it – thankfully gives us a great picture of what it looks like for, for, a, you know, a, a passionate uh, you know, someone with principled values uh, in the black community who holds the mantle of a pulpit to stand up and, and to declare what is right and what is just, and to stand on God's word. Mac Jackson is a great picture of that. And Retha Warnock is, is, is the absolute opposite of that. And so anyone who, who worries that, you know, the black community is being duped and, and led astray, um, go reach out to folks like Mac Jackson, support him, and support his community, support his church, and help to give courage. We, we, we know during the heartbeat bill, uh, as it was passed last year in 2019, um, you know there there were multiple um democrat black people of faith in the state house who wanted to vote yes on that piece of legislation uh privately but publicly could not because their own caucus their own party would run them out of office there were there were people who um said to me in our state capitol um there's one house member particular who who said you know the way that that they were raised, the way that their community has been um, raised is, is to value life and to cherish life, to cherish the family, to defend the innocent and the vulnerable. And abortion stands absolutely against that. But with Nakima Williams, who um, is the chairman of the Democrat Party in Georgia, who as a former state senator now has been appointed to fill um, John Lewis's congressional seat. And people like Stacey Abrams and Raphael Warnock, with them leading the party. They would they would destroy uh, people of faith in, in the black community who stand up for life and for righteousness in politics. We need to stand up to defend our pro-life, pro-Jesus, um, uh, black Democrat brothers and sisters who are who are in a a oppressed system that doesn't give them a voice. Um, you know, as as much as this issue seems to be dichotomized on party lines. Groups like Democrats for Life of America are doing amazing things to give a voice to, um, to Democrats of faith who are pro-life, and we can, we can disagree on many issues, but when the right to life is on the line, it, it draws battle lines that we should stand together on. Um, and seeing the work that DFLA is doing and, and seeing uh, just recently Tulsi Gabbard introducing pro-life legislation mm-hmm. in the U.S. Congress. We, we've got to understand that this is not a red versus blue issue. It's an us versus them issue. And Planned Parenthood is the them and the us doesn't need to be defined by color of our party or skin. Um, that that people like Raphael Warnock and Stacey Abrams and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris want to bring uh, death and destruction. And we've got to stand up and stand strong to finish the drill, to vote pro-life in our runoff election here in Georgia, and then to hold the line here in Georgia and in other states like Virginia and North Carolina and Florida and Texas and Michigan and Ohio and Iowa moving forward to make sure that these radicals don't take control any more than they already have.
0: Yeah, oh. Really well said. I'm, I'm going to leave it at that because I, I don't think I could finish it off any better than that. Um, so, again, I want to thank uh, you, Joshua Edmonds, uh, Executive Director for Georgia Life Alliance, uh, for coming on and, and speaking so uh, strongly on uh, this election in in Georgia. Uh, you can find them on Facebook. Uh, just, just look up uh, Georgia Life Alliance or you can go to georgialifealliance.com. And um, and look into um, anything there. And, and if you are listening and you're in Georgia, um, get out to vote, of course, get others to vote, of course, and uh, realize the importance of this election. So, uh, Joshua, thanks again for being here. I appreciate it. And uh, Happy New Year to you.
1: Thank you, sir. Thank you, everyone.
0: OK. All right. Well, this is a uh, thanks for listening to this special uh, election episode of A's podcast. Appreciate you being here and look forward to seeing you the next time.